Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekwam. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammonds here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizia. with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome once again to another episode of In That Number. This is episode number 144. And what is the title this week, Kevin? Um, You can tell that yesterday's match didn't really inspire me much uh, because we're going with home and away. Today, me and Kevin will discuss Tuesday's 4-1 win over Brentford and Saturday's trip to Molyneux. Uh, We have all the usual guff and we have Tim to preview our game against Manchester City next week. We also have those all-important awards to give out, the ITN player and goal of the month for December. Uh, And some cracking goals there were too. Uh, But before that, I'd like to bring in the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Raymond. How are you this week? I am not bad. I don't really know what's happened this week. Um, Saints have played twice. I've done some work. Um, It's just rattled on. I had a few beers on Friday night. 
because uh, I had the luxury of um, uh, a, a work day that ended quite early, so I went out for a few beers, uh, recovered yesterday, and now we're recording a pod. What have you been up to? Uh, I've been off this week, actually. I've had a, I've had a week off of work, it's a nice chance to regroup after Christmas and stuff. Um, I went to the cinema on my own. Is that is that something that, sh- that should be done, or is that, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it's something that I've always wanted to do, but um, never actually done. Mm. What okay. did you watch? I watched the new Scream movie. You know what I'm like with oh, right. films. So, um, yeah, I know you like those. I've seen it advertised absolutely bloody everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really, really good. It was uh, oh, okay. better than I thought it was going to be. Um, but yeah, other than that, I've been quite lazy this week. I've just been, you know, sleeping, which is something that I don't usually do during the week. But um, yeah, it's not been bad. I mean, I've, I've had worse weeks. Actually, now, now we're talking about worse weeks. Who do you think's had the worst week? Boris Johnson, Prince Andrew or Novak Djokovic? Um... Okay, how many of them are getting away with it? Probably all of them, really. <laughs> I don't know if Prince Andrew's going to be getting away with it. Well, he is at the moment, isn't it? Well, but still, it's been pretty bad for all of them. And, and my, mine's been better than that, and I'm guessing yours has too. Um, yeah, certainly. Um, I haven't had my um, royal status stripped of me or uh, been denied entry to Australia uh, or been caught up in a lockdown party scandal. So, yeah, I'm counting my <laughs> blessings. <laughs> uh, for Saints, though, an inconsistent week, a thumping win and then a well, a heavy defeat. We've had Ralph in, Ralph out, shake it all about. You know, wh- where do we stand? And um, I think we should put it to a an advisory referendum. And then when 51.3% say Ralph out um, and we get relegated to League Two, we stick with that decision. <laughs> Yeah, Despite that, all of the horrid consequences. Fraser Forster has been brilliant in this in this spell that he's been back into the side and he makes one mistake and everyone's jumping on him again. McCarthy back in and, you know, same with Ralph. You go on a decent, a decent run. Bearing in mind, we haven't lost in the league. Well, lost at all since December the 11th. And, you know, one one loss. And that's that's it again. People are on the Ralph out train and it's just it's it's got to stop. Uh, I've had enough yeah. of it, to be honest. I've had enough. I almost want him to go just so they can't say Ralph out anymore. It's... Oh, no. No, no, we can't give them any satisfaction. It's just, it's attention-seeking, really. I mean, I don't know how you can expect us to be in the top six or even top half of the table, you know, based on the squad and who we faced. And, uh, you know, the luck that we've had or not had, I think we, we're about where we deserve to be, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. And that's that's the team that we are. Mm. Um, but before we get into the news, uh, a quick reminder that if you appreciate the show and you love what we do uh, and you feel like you want to buy us a pint, then uh, we're not going to stop you. So please do that. Um, head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number and, and, and get us a pint. And if you really, really like us, uh, you can join our membership, which is on also on that website, uh, our tiers for beers. So, uh, yeah, if you if you appreciate it, I mean, you, a one off payment or a membership, it's all fine by us. It will be anything would be greatly appreciated. Kevin, shall we get into the ITN news? Yes, please. This is ITN in that number news. OK, then uh, let's kick off then with our FA Cup fourth round opponents. Uh, we have been awarded a nice home tie against Coventry City. Do you fancy that, Mush? 
Yes, I remember the last time we played Coventry, and it, I hope that there's um, at least a tenth of that jubilation. Yes, so was that when we got promoted? Yeah. Was that the last, last time? Wow. Last game of the championship, yeah. And that's right, yeah. Um, and that's when uh, Dean Hammond swore, wasn't it, live on, on BBC? <laughs> he fucking did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great, great. Um, that game is scheduled to take place on Saturday, the 5th of February, and that is a 3 p.m. kickoff. So, uh Let's march on to this round, hopefully. Uh, some news on our loanees then. Caleb Watts, he signed uh, with Crawley for the rest of the season. He joins um, Will Ferry, Wolston Ferry yeah, uh, at Crawley. A little bit surprised it's taken him this long to get, you know, to get that loan, to be perfectly honest. Because he's, I mean, he hasn't shown any any sign that he's going to be included in the first team. No, I mean, he's a, a mainstay in that B team, isn't he? And um, you think maybe the thinking behind it is, if we send all of our youngsters out on loan, who's going to be left to play in the B team? And they've been doing rather well um, recently. Mm. So, yeah, I don't know. I'll be watching quite nervously to see how the results, uh, whether they can continue to pick up results after um, losing another player. Yeah, well, we will see. Um and he was named on the uh, as a substitute for Crawley's 1-1 draw at Carlisle. Um, he came on on the 63rd minute and then was taken off on the 81st minute because of an injury. So uh, that's not good. First game yeah. off the bench and back on the bench again. So, yeah, that's um that's not the best way he wanted to start his, his career at Crawley. No, there should be a clause in the contract. You break it, you buy it. <laughs> uh, Kane Ramsey, his spell at Crewe is over. Uh, he has been recalled and then he's been sent back out to Ross County in the Scottish Premiership. And of course, he joins Jake Vokins there. Yeah, a trip in Sport Republic are looking to buy Ross County. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I just want to uh, touch on Armando Broyo, the transfer. Martin Simmons is in constant communication, apparently, with Chelsea over the permanent transfer. Um, last we heard, his family would like him to stay, and they believe this is the perfect place for him right now. And Broya himself, uh, he's happy here, and, and he's not against staying long term. So that's all sounding good at present, right? Yeah, please stay. Yeah, man. Do you think Martin Simmons is just calling up Chelsea and saying, like, "Can we have him yet? Can we have him yet? Can we have him yet? Can we have him yet?" <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Thomas Tuchel on speed dial. And... On the off chance to see Abramovich knocking around Moscow, I'll say, hey. <laughs> yeah. Sell us that Albanian fella. Yeah. <laughs> do it, do it. Um, Kevin, golden player of the month for December. Yes. Um, we were treated with a an amazing nine, uh, not my favourite number in football goal terms, but uh, nine goals in December that we narrowed down to four. Um, yeah, and they were uh, Broya Donna against Brighton, uh, James Ward-Prowse against Crystal Palace, uh, Elian Hussey against West Ham, and Ward-Prowse against Spurs. Um, <laughs> OK, um, in reverse order, Elian Hussey's team goal uh, against West Ham that I felt I had to include um, got 3%. Yeah, uh, I, didn't, I didn't like that one as much. I thought the Bro- Broya's... Um goal was better than that. Broyer's Brighton goal was better than that. Yeah, I mean Broyer's goal against West Ham we were close to including. Sorry, we? the West Ham one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but we did include the his goal against Brighton and that picked up 7%. Mm. Um, so that means that uh, Ward Prowse has got 90% of the vote. Right, uh, so. It's very close. 
So the free, the free kick against Crystal Palace and that worldie against Tottenham, right? Absolutely, yeah. Cannon against Spurs. Um, uh, and the free kick just edges it with 48% to 42. Oh, wow, that is a surprise. I, yeah, I don't know. That, that Tottenham goal was definitely better. What are you thinking, people? Uh, yeah, I think Twitter does this weird thing when we put out the two polls. Whichever one we put out first is a tweet, and the second one, um, for some reason, doesn't count as a tweet in, unless we retweet it. Um, and player of the month? I think I know where this is going. Um, well, if the first one wasn't a clue, I can tell you. Uh, but uh, Bednarek picked up 1% of the vote. So, yeah. Um, Forster, 11%. Uh, Breuer, 25%. And uh, James Ward-Prowse, 63 Yeah, I saw that one coming. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, congratulations. Gets the double. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of off form like through the whole of the autumn, wasn't he? And then mm. that free kick against... Palace just sort of sparked something into him and he's just been outstanding since. Yeah, and if you notice that whenever James Ward-Prowse plays well, the team plays well because our form picked up once, yeah. once I mean, I, taking yesterday's result against that, but, you know, they picked up when he's picked up. So it just goes to show how important he is to us. Yeah, and we didn't look like we were getting anything from that match until uh, that free kick went in yesterday. Yeah, um, the B team then. They played West Brom in the Premier League Cup on Thursday and they drew 2-2. Ramelow Mitchell and Kazima Legby with the goals. Uh, next up is Fulham on Monday the 17th at the Snow Stadium against Tabletoppers Fulham. Yeah, mm. that's going to be... um going to be tough they're running away with it actually because they've only lost one and they're sitting on 41 points right and second place second place is Norwich and they're on 26 and they've lost six so it just goes to show the golfing class there uh, it's going to be tough how are the how are the Saints doing she's sitting in 11th place at the moment um have a game and have two games in hand over Middlesbrough above them and they're only a point behind them but having said that, Wolves in ninth have got a game in hand over Saints. So, yeah, it's all um, it's all close. A couple of wins here and there, it's going to push you right back up there. But they're not in any danger at the moment, I don't feel. Although Nottingham Forest are one point behind. Uh, and the women, uh, they are playing at MK Dons uh, Sunday the 16th. That's now, and that's 2 o'clock kickoff. So they've just this minute kicked off as we speak. Um, so we'll look out for that and give you the results uh, and report when we when we back when we're back next week. Um, Kevin, is there any any news you wanted to add? Did you see the Tunisia Mali game during the week? <laughs> I I didn't see the game, but I know the, the the incident that you are talking about. Yeah. I mean, which one? Because it was an absolute shit show. <laughs> well, from what I understood, the referee blew for full time on the 85th minute, only to be told that it was there's still five minutes plus stoppage time to be played. Uh, he sent them back out again and then blew the whistle on the 89th minute, I think. And then I think he restarted the game for the final five minutes or whatever um, during a press conference. Um, yeah, all a bit all a bit weird. It was really fucking weird. Yeah, and um, controversial red card and penalty decision. Yeah, Tunisia were awarded a penalty for a handball uh, off of Gineppo and Mali Keeper, I forget his name, saved it. And yeah, then very weak penalty, and the the referee obviously couldn't get the match finished finished quick enough because yeah, five minutes still left on the clock, and he blows the whistle, and he tries it again with 45 seconds without any additional time. That the fourth official was just about to announce it's going to be three minutes of um, added time, <laughs> and he said, "No, no, go on, fuck off, you." I, I have um, heard, though, since this, that he was suffering from heat stroke 
um, and he was a bit delirious. So um, that that's what I've heard afterwards. So I don't know if that was that was the case. He was just feeling a little bit ill. Wanted the match to be over. Three other officials there, you know, that could step in if he's not feeling that. I think that's that's a weird excuse, isn't it? Possibly. But I mean, I don't know. But yeah, the, um, the Tunisia team—they're in the middle of an ice bath, you know, whilst the press conference was going on, and the, the referees finally decide that they'll play out the last five minutes. And then they, <laughs> um, Mardi went out, saw that Tunisia weren't going to stood there for five minutes, and then were declared the winners. I mean, I've never, never seen or heard anything like it at all. Bizarre. Yes. Junepo's Mali are playing Gambia at the moment. Uh, it's nil-nil as we speak. And Musa is in the squad. He's Good. been given a yellow card. Of course he has. <laughs> this is what happens. Dean Hammond here. Thank you for tuning in to In That Number. OK, then we'll move on to Tuesday's game against Brentford at home to Brentford. Um, what a game this was. You know, it's the first ever top flight clash between us and Brentford and our record against Premier League debutants is a good one, winning seven of the last nine. And the last one was against who, Kevin, in 2015? Huddersfield? Um, no, it was against Bournemouth. Bournemouth. I was going to say Bournemouth. Mm. But yes, um, a great, great win. 4-1. Jan Bednarek gave Saints the early lead inside of five minutes, uh, only to be cancelled out by a brilliant volley from Vitaly Janalt. Um, and then Saints retook the lead with thanks to Alvaro Fernandez from a Diallo strike. Uh, Broyer made it three and then Adams put the cherry on the cake with the fourth uh, and 20 minutes still to play. So, yeah, fantastic. Um, And great in front of the new owners as well. Nice, nice 4-1 home victory. Uh, doesn't happen very often at home, does it, as we know. Um, But lots of chatter regarding how we'd be setting up in this one, Kev, due to the fact that we didn't have a registered right back available. And, you know, but Salisu was back from suspension. Um, Lianco in, Diallo in. Shay Adams named among the subs after COVID. But yeah, um, how did you feel about this? I mean, of course, a lot of confusion with various outlets who obviously couldn't give a fuck about Saints um, having some really weird lineups that they put out, um, including the now compulsory teller at centre back. But um, <laughs> so, yeah, I disregarded any of them that had the teller as a wing back. I thought that it was more of a 3-4-3 with um, Perot and Prousey. Me, me too. In the wing-back roles, yeah. But it um, turns out that they were kind of right. Um, yeah, Perot and Teller on the wings, which I thought was quite strange that, you know, that's if that's all we had. But it seemed to work relatively well. It did in this one, but they tried it again, of course, against Wolves, didn't they? And it didn't work. Now, I wonder if with, with Tino back in the team, would it be any different? Food for thought there. But yeah, it did seem to work. And I, I quite liked it. I quite liked the three at the back there with um, Lianco, uh, Silisu and Bednarek there. I think that could be a good partnership. I thought it could work. It looks quite strong. Um, but yeah, and, and, and it did. Um, yeah, and under the lights at St Mary's in front of the smiling owners, as, as, as I mentioned, and that smile would remain because it didn't take long for Saints to grab the lead. That goal machine Jan Bednarek. <laughs> yes, I need to get a charm going. <laughs> but yeah, um, perhaps again with uh, a set piece, brilliant corner, straight into the set, six yard box. And uh, I couldn't really work out who, you know, got a touch on it, whether it was an own goal or Romeo or Bednarek. 
Uh, you couldn't. God, I, I bloody couldn't. I was over the other side of the stadium. <laughs> you were an amateur turtle. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, there was just arms and legs everywhere, so I didn't really care at that point. And that was just in the stands. <laughs> Bednarik's goal was the fourth time that we scored in the first five minutes of a Premier League game this season, and that is a league record. So Didn't hold on to that lead, though, did we? Uh, no, <laughs> no, they didn't. Um, and it was a fantastic equaliser. And I wouldn't say it was against the run of play because, but, you know, it, it, it was their first shot, but they were starting to come back into it and they had some some pressure up high. But um, it was a fantastic volley from Jan out. Yeah, I mean, it was just, again, we had the chances to um, slow down Mbwemo, who was, I mean, he, he, despite the scoreline and everything, he was looking quite tasty. He's probably their, um, their biggest threat coming down that right. Um, and he gets the better of Salisu and, and pulls off a fantastic high cross. And yeah, Jan out, nobody on him. He had time to maybe set it up, but he decides to take it on the volley and um, yeah, just buries it from 10 yards out. Yeah, very good. Very good technique as well. And it was a, it was a lovely... I mean, it didn't look that... To be honest, when I saw it live, it was, it was right down my end. And I just thought, oh, I was a bit lucky. He didn't hit that the way he wanted it to. And when I saw it, saw the replay again, I thought, whoa, that was great. That technique was awesome. And Forster mm. really had no opportunity to get to get down to that. That was, um, yeah, fantastic Burnley goal. And right there, you're thinking, Christ, we're, we're in the lead and we don't deserve, I mean, sorry, we were in the lead. Um, don't deserve to be one all. And are we going to be able to find a way back into this game? That was my question. Yeah, I thought, like, oh, God, <laughs> not, not another lead thrown away. Um yeah, they managed to score with the the first shot on goal. But yeah, we, we again we didn't have to wait too long to get the the lead. Oh yeah, and that was another corner, Kev. It was um, well it was it was a strike from Diallo, wasn't it? At the back post, seemingly unmarked, and he kind of volleyed it into the ground. It hits the post onto the keeper's hand, uh, and then back in again. Not the greatest of keeping there, I will say. No, I think you know I think that that goal was was coming. You know we we were just allowed to sort of pass the, the ball around the box and then we get that that corner and um perhaps he sends it into the scrum. Um no one really gets on to it. So it just just kind of falls for Diallo who's there on his own, just outlying. And the crowd shut and shoot. So he has a fucking crack. Um yeah, it bounces three times. So it bounces just in front of him to um to get the halfway and then it bounces just before the keeper does to sort of throw him off then it hits the post and goes off his hand i think it's really unfortunate that um they deemed that it was going out before it hit his hand mm. well it was going in a different direction wasn't it so if the keeper hadn't have been there it wouldn't have gone in um, well yeah but i mean if the keeper hadn't been there he <laughs> just rolled it straight into the net yeah but it was it was going to hit the post surely yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not so sure, but I, I think it was bad goalkeeper. He, he could he just he just got down a little bit too late. And having said that about about Fernandez, right? I said to the guy next to me, God, when the second half started and he was down my end, how small is that keeper? It's mm. a wonder why he he didn't get down to it. He probably did. He's just so small. So I checked out his stats when I got home. How tall do you think he is? Uh five eleven. He's six foot one. <laughs> yes, because Fraser Forster's about probably six. Yeah, you know, it just I just thought that's a good size to be honest. That's 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 not small, but he looked like an absolute midget. I don't know, maybe it was just the, the lights of St Mary's that make him look a bit smaller than he was. But hey ho, it wasn't the greatest of goalkeeping from him anyway. Uh, 
And then Brentford came out in the second half, Kevin. They looked like they were playing a little bit higher up and they were trying to force us into mistakes. You know, kind of beat us at our own game, really. But it kind of it proved to be their downfall, didn't it? Because we got yeah. them on the counter. And um, Romeo, Romeo oh, what a pass that was. Beautifully weighted. And then Brozier does the rest. What a, what a goal that was. Yeah, incredible. I, like you said, yeah, um, we kind of uh, gave them a taste of their own medicine and um, <laughs> all it took was just to, to hoof the ball over the back line. Um, and Breuer times his run so that he's not offside and has just <laughs> all of the space. Um, but yeah, the, the, the speed's um, incredible. He gets into the area and takes... Take, has a few touches to take and you're never quite sure when he's going to shoot so I mean I'd hate to be a keeper against him but yeah, yeah that, that, I mean um, to be to be fair to Fernandes he does get a foot to it but it, it's just not enough and uh, just rolls in at the far post cool yeah and also Cabrera is the youngest player to have scored more than five goals in the league this season um, and only two under 21s have done it the other one being Bakaya Saka so He's in very good company there. Um, and he's also the youngest player in Premier League history to score in his first four home games, which is very, very good. Definitely. Come on, Roman. Sign, sign him up. Sign him up. Sign him up. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph made some changes then around the 70th minute. Uh, Shay Adams comes on for Redmond. Um, Stuart Armstrong on for Teller. Um, and immediately Adams pretty much with a goal. And I, I don't know, I'm going to say that it was pretty lucky, this one, because Diallo's swiped clearance, and I don't know, you can't say he meant to do that. I think he just swiped it away, and it was just looping over the, the Brentford defence, and Adams was just onside. Not the greatest of first touches to kill the ball either, but it didn't really need to be, um, because he still had the time to slot it past Fernandez and make it 4-1. Yeah, and Fernandez makes the right fucking meal of it. He sort of jumps out and then doesn't get to the ball. Yeah, he knew, didn't he? Yeah, clashes with Che, but I mean, by the time he does, he's already hit it and it's going right in. Yeah, that was a fantastic moment. That was, that was brilliant. Um, And then Adam Armstrong comes on for Breuer. He's, he had a, oh yeah, yeah, he was in the wars a bit. He was getting knocked about a lot, Breuer, but, but another great performance from him. And he's just such a, such a difficult player to play against. Yesterday, <laughs> might be the the proof of the the opposite. Uh, well, you, I mean, he was a little bit quiet yesterday, but I don't think he mm. had a bad game. But um, we'll we'll get onto that uh in a in a bit. But anyway, Kevin, a, a fantastic win. It was a great atmosphere. It was the best I've seen all season for a long time, really. And scoring four goals at home for the first time in four years as well. It was it was a special special night. Yeah, yeah. What was the atmosphere like? Very, very good. I mean, towards the end, um, you could see the fans were, were putting up their, their phones. They were lighting up their that phones. That was weird, yeah. I Did mean, you see that? Robbie yeah. Williams gig, is No, it was um, everybody was. Oh, I didn't do it. I was just um, I was just breathing it in, to be honest, and looking around. And it was um, it was just it was great. There wasn't one person screaming abuse at players. It was just um, it was just nice. It was that moment where you could just sit there and be comfortable. And as you know, that doesn't happen as a Saints fan. <laughs> but to do that with 20 minutes left. And basically not have to worry, you know, and, and Adam Armstrong come on and he, he, you know, the pressure was off of him. Everyone could just relax a little bit. And it was just such a nice position to be in. Yeah, I, I enjoyed watching that here. <laughs> I'm sure you did. Um, Dragon looked like he was enjoying it. 
Oh, he certainly did. He had a smile, didn't go, did it all game. And um, Before I get onto the stats, I just want to talk about a couple of players here. Um, Ibrahima Diallo, I think he had a great game. I think he looked in control. Um, I don't remember seeing him look as, as comfortable on the ball because we've both criticised him before for, you know, for slowing down the tempo too much and wanting too much time on the ball. Uh, but Tuesday, he just looked better. and it just Maybe it's just signs that he's settling into the league a little more. Um, and if, if the only thing he needs is time, then, you know, he, he's going to get that because he seems to have the tools. And like you said, he, he was unlucky not to get that, that, that goal. Yeah. Um, um, I think the whole of that midfield three, Romeo, Parisi and Diallo, I think they, they worked together brilliantly. And yeah, all of them had a, a fantastic performance. And I, I do want to single out Perot because in, the, in that first half, I thought that we were getting into the final third so often. And um, yeah, Breuer or Redmond to be able to put a cross off. And there was nobody in the box. The only person that was getting in there was um, Roman Perron. Yeah, yeah, he looks he looks good in that in that position. I think I think he's going to thrive there if he stays there. Mm. Obviously, not in a position where we're one 0 down against Wolves. It's, it's, but you know, if, it, if there's an, an occasion where we are in that in that position where we're, we're leading a game by two goals or more, then then yeah, I think Perron's going to thrive there. Well, I mean, you almost scored yesterday as well. <laughs> you certainly did, yeah. Yeah, he hit the post, didn't he? Um, but Broyer, again, I mentioned him, and I thought, yeah, another fine fine outing again. It was just lovely to watch. And it does look like he's got the lot, you know, because he's got the speed, he's got the strength. He certainly knows where the net is. Um, and we saw it all with his goal, really, didn't we? Cause, and he also held the ball up. And like you've just mentioned as well, whipping the low crosses in, um, it could have easily led to another goal. I just we just need to sign this boy. He seems happy. He's going to get his chances. Just ah, oh, it'll be it'll be amazing if we can get hold of him permanently. Just hope that he doesn't just have that. Um, if if we do manage to get hold of him, even I'd, I'd take another season on loan. Just that sort of complacency that comes with the deal that we've seen so often. I hope he, he still manages to keep that hunger. Oh yeah, I'm sure he will. I just, the only the only worry there, Kevin, is that that he, he does have another blinding season and. Chelsea just put like 20 million extra on his head. Mm, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> maybe we'd take him even for an extra as long as Chelsea. Because, I mean, his choice now is either playing regular team football for Southampton or a team like Southampton um, or languishing on the bench at Chelsea. Well, I mean, Chelsea aren't exactly lighting it up at the moment. Lukaku, well, I don't know what's going on with Lukaku. And, you know, th- th- there are op- opportunities at Chelsea at the moment, I will say. For for bro yeah possibly not he is say he's happy here let's um i don't want to i don't want to speculate that he would get into the chelsea side right now but i don't know that, that i think there's more of a chance than ever right now mm. sorry to say <laughs> um stats do you have any stats kevin on this one um just the usual 12 shots to their five uh possession was pretty equal 49 51 uh yeah that surprised me only 49 percent for us but then again we did take a 4-1 lead with 20 minutes to go, the game was, they, you know, that it was there to be chased, wasn't it? So Yeah, and, you know, I mean, they, they weren't really chasing that much, to be honest. I, one thing I noticed as well, Kev, it was a nice, clean game because the, the ref kind of let it flow. There was no bookings for us and only one in total. And that was um, and that was Ivan Tony, I believe. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think there are any particular moments that were controversial. I don't think there were any... Uh, bad decisions by the referee because, well, he didn't really have many decisions to make. No, 
That's true. Although they did yesterday. Um, man, man of the match, Kev. Um, do you want me to go first? Please do. It's difficult, isn't it? Um, yes. I think I, I think Broya was terrific. I think you know his burst of speed, his constant harassing. I mean, he had the beating of the Brentford back three all night, and you just couldn't live with him. And real handful. But for me, James Will Prowse, I thought he was outstanding. And, and I mean, the whole side were great. So that's why it's difficult. It's hard to pick a bad player out of all of them, but it's even harder to pick a great player out of all of them. But, but perhaps he was everywhere. And that tackle at the end to stop Visser was just incredible. And when you're 4-1 up and it's that late in the game and you're still giving it everything you've got, um, yeah, that that's that's what I want from my captain. You know, lead by example. That was absolutely incredible. Great performance. Um and it's also worth mentioning that Diallo had a good game, I think. That was probably one of his best. But, yeah, I, I would give it to James Woodprouse. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? I think, you know, Diallo, Romelu and Woodprouse, those, those three um, just were in complete control the whole match. And, you know, there's not much between them. And I think that uh, tackle at the death, uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't get any better than that. Um, that's what really gave it the edge for me and um, I, I will give it to James Ward-Prowse as well but like you said Breuer is to be feared Forster had a, a good game as well um, yeah back line was, was fairly good a bit sloppy on, on, on that goal that uh, um, yeah let, let, yeah yeah let Jan out <laughs> get that uh, that shot off um, unmarked and from Bueno to for him to, to, to get the cross off. But other than that, I thought they were pretty decent. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, so that left us 11th after the Brentford game and 24 points, five wins, nine draws and six losses. Um, all smiling, all dancing. Um, and then, of course, we headed to Molyneux on Saturday for Wolves. Now, as we know, great defensive records, stingy with goals allowed. And, and they haven't really scored that many either. Uh, 12 goals at Molyneux all season. That's home and away teams. That's the lowest in the league. Um, you would have thought one goal would probably do this. You know, and Ralph also has a good record at Molyneux, undefeated in his previous four visits. I guess you can scratch that one off now. Um, because we lost 3-1, Raul Jimenez opened with a penalty. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit, I'm sure. Connor Cody levelled under the hour. Um, and James Will Prowse with goal of the month, probably goal of the season, Um Yes, just an amazing, amazing goal. And Adama Traore with the dagger at the end to to give them the, the win off the bench. Uh, but we're going to start with the, with the lineup. Unchanged, Kevin, from Brentford. Um, I guess if it ain't broke and all that. Um, well. <laughs> but, I mean, you, you have the option to change things on the fly, which is, you know, why I quite like this formation. If things aren't working, then you can go with more attacking and that's what we saw at halftime when Shea came on. So I, I quite like, I still quite like it. I don't know. I mean, you know how Wolves are going to set up. They don't change. They play that 3-4-3. Three, three, um, very solid centre-backs, um, even though they're without... Roman Sice. Roman Sice, thank you. Um, he's off at Atcon. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I think that was a, a kind of patched up squad wasn't it because we had the problem of uh, not having a uh, recognized right back but um walker peters is, was fit enough to be on the bench we've got roman Poirot, so I, I kind of expected him to stick to his you know four two 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 which would give us 13 players but yeah four two 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 yeah 
Um, yeah, and the, the players that were on the bench, both uh, against Brentford and against Wolves, um, I really think that they should have been starting. Adams, I think, uh, I thought that he was on the bench against Brentford because he was saving him for this game against Wolves. Same with um, Stuart Armstrong. But you put Stuart Armstrong in, you don't. You're saying that this formation shouldn't have happened. You put, you would have put uh, Stuart Armstrong in, in, uh, in, in that four-two-two-two, and not played with the wing backs as we did. Yeah, because I, I don't think you can really get away with that against Wolves. But I mean, to be honest, the first half, um, I think it worked all right. But, I think so. Uh, obviously, Ralph thought that something needed to change. Brought off Diallo for Adams. Well, I mean, like I said, with the, you, you've got the option to change things if they're not working. And I think I don't disagree with it because he went back to the 4-4-2 at mm. halftime with two strikers um, and, you know, just Teller and, and Redman on the wings. I don't think that was a bad a bad thing to do, which is kind of like why I like this, because you can change it around. He had to take some risks, I feel. And, and Shea coming on was was going to do that. Yeah, but I, I don't understand why Walker-Peters didn't play. I mean, we had to... Um... Bednarek for yeah. quite quite weird. It just you know what I mean. It seems like a uh, we've we've created a problem where we we don't need to have one. Yeah, I mean we didn't see Walker Peters come on at all, so maybe there was just a, like let's name him on the bench and we we'll use him if we definitely need to. But maybe he felt like we didn't and uh, get him ready for Man City. I guess I, I mean I I don't know. But going into the game, it was quite open and it was quite an even. You know, just a hard tackling game is a battling kind of one, which is what you expect. Quite entertaining as well, um, aside from the loss, of course. But um, lots of action, goals, controversial moments, a fuckload of corners. Um, (laughs) You know, Wolves haven't conceded from a set piece all season, and that's the only side to do so. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because I thought we were looking dangerous from set pieces, but now you've mentioned uh, that. Uh, yeah, maybe we should have tried something different. Well, I mean, we did score from a set piece after all. So <laughs> I don't think you can uh, put any of that down to, to anything but just no. pure magic. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I don't want to take anything away. That's that's, that's all on Prousey. Um But let's have a chat about the penalty, shall we? Um, the first penalty have been awarded yes. all season. Um, can you guess the last team they had a penalty against, Cam? Uh, Manchester United. No, it was against Saints 11 months ago. <laughs> It's my memory, isn't it? Yeah. Um, penalty, Kev, yes or no? Um, oh, God. Look, God, you're um, taking about as much time as the VAR did, Kevin. I thought I have the right to. Um, <laughs> God, there's not a crowd of 30,000 people um, waiting for my decision. I think obviously our audience is a little bit bigger than 30,000. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, we just couldn't clear the ball. And there were several challenges that were almost simultaneous and they looked questionable. And, um, yeah, when they called it back, I wasn't sure which which of them that uh, <laughs> they were talking about. But it's um, Bednarik on Ait Nouri. Mm-hmm. And I, he's a bit unfortunate in that he he commits to gets his toe sort of stuck in the ground and that delays the, the, the contact ever so slightly. He, he does get the ball, right? Mm-hmm. But he manages to get the player at the same time. Well, and was Ait Nouri... On a goal-scoring opportunity there? Uh, well, I mean, for me, right, I'm going to say it's not a penalty because I I, I put it down to a 50-50. Um, and mm. the way I see it, right, it's every time that VAR look at it in slow motion, it always looks worse than what it is. But yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that every single time there's contact on an attacking player in the box, it, it's not automatically a penalty. 
and I think this is the this is the occasion where that where that comes to. There's not enough in it for me. I just don't think he'd done enough to take the player down like he did. It was soft, um, and Ain't Nori made the most of an attack that was fizzling out. I mean, I mean, Alex mm. said on our Discord as well that um. And I, and I, I know I've seen it on the rounds on social media too. That if you need to look at it as many times as they did, um, as VAR did, as Michael Salisbury did, then it's not clear and obvious. And it wasn't that the whole point in 50-50 like VAR decisions. If it's clear and obvious, then fine. But you know, it's not. They proved that it wasn't. Let's go with the referee's decision. It needs to be. I don't think it's a penalty. I can see the contact, but like I said, there doesn't need to be a penalty every single time there's contact in the box. And I'm going to say the same thing with um. With Remeus as well, I know that Ralph thinks it was a penalty, mm. but again, I don't think there's enough in it for me. Yeah, that would also have been very soft. Mm. But you can't give one without the other. So if you've given that one, you've got to give the Remeu one. I mean, then we'd end up having you know about five penalties every match. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's why I said there's not not enough in it. I don't think you should be giving things like that. And it's it's. it's Every single pundit will say the same thing up and down the country that is, oh, there's contact. So, is there contact enough to be foul? Is it infringement? I don't think it was. I don't think he was denying him anything. I think Ain't Nori knew there was a, um, that the attack was was fizzling out and that was it. He just he just went down far too easy. Yeah, but I mean, there, there was contact. I don't think we can say that Ain't Nori was diving. No, I didn't say he was diving. I just said he went down a little bit too easy. He was making the most out of it. I don't really blame him at all for it. I mean, you know, it's a sort of shin to shin, isn't it? Yeah, 50-50. Uh, yeah, um, I, we we definitely were, were hard done by it. So we, we should have gone um, into halftime at nil-nil. Mm, absolutely, we should have, yeah. At, at that point, the game plan did seem to be working. Yeah, and, and since the goal, you know, and I say Jimenez put, put the ball in, of course, and conceded the opening goal seven times this season and we failed to win any of them so you knew it wasn't going to come back round um, and Jimenez ends the run of seven games without a goal his fourth of the season and half of them were against us yeah and that, that caused us to change the plan that, that caused us to change the formation bring Shea on and that yeah that, that's that's changed it because like you said we should have been nil-nil and that we wouldn't have needed to change things up as much yeah and um, we were having to commit so much and risk so much that um they continually hit us on the counter and we weren't half as organized as they were and we were in too deep yeah that that that's it and but i mean we we did have the chances and it was a good response from that opening goal i think and and tried to cause them some problems and i think we did needed to take the risk like i said and and you know how stubborn wolves can be and they go a goal up and their their defensive core, was it Kilman, Cody and who was the other one? Toti, wasn't it? They, they're going to shut up shop and Diallo comes off, Shea comes on, looked like a 4-4-2. But, I mean, we had those chances. Salisu had a header and Jose oh, Sarr yeah. with the save. That was just before halftime. Fucking hell, yeah. Yeah. It was a yeah, bullet header. Amazing save. Just straight at him, really. But, but Jose Sarr, you know, the best save ratio in the league is like over 80%. And he's got eight clean sheets too. And, um, yeah, he's conceded two in his last eight. And, yeah, just a terrific goalkeeper. He's been in my fancy team since the very first uh, game week. Has he really? Well, that was good. Mm. Good one. Kev, I'm going to d- discuss the second goal, the second Wolves goal. Um, Connor Cody, just under the hour. That was a mess, wasn't it? A gift. Yeah. Fraser Forster, no man's land there. Stuck between it. coming out and staying put. I don't really know what Forster was playing at. Because... 
I mean, between the um, the first header and the rebound, uh, forces way up his line, and he decides to track back. But it, rather than you know get back onto his line, he just sort of watches the ball drop, <laughs> like you know, sort of hypnotised by it. What do I do? What do I do? Yeah, I just you're a fucking goalkeeper. Get in the goal. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was comedy, really, wasn't it? And but I yeah. mean, you got a free kick coming into the box. I mean, what are you doing? Stood eight, ten yards out. I mean, bloody hell. Well, I mean, when you if if you got that when you if you pause it when the ball's in the in mid air, mm-hmm. that you can see Forster's looked at it and he's thought I can grab that. And he does, he does come out, and at that point you think, man, there's a chance he could. But he, he takes a step back. Um, yeah. And, and then he thinks, know, no, 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 I'm in trouble here. Rather than getting behind the ball, he sort of um, watches the, the header follow towards the far post, and it's just surreal. Yeah, and uh, Connor Cody banged it in off the post, and that's his first goal at Molyneux, by the way. First of all, we're a very charitable team, you know. Jimenez hasn't scored for I know. Ages, so. I know, I, I've, I've got to... I've got more to add on that as well at the end of it. But, um, oh, Wolves did as well. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they did, yeah. Um, so, uh, it made the subs again. Uh, Stuart Armstrong comes on for Teller, and that was his 100th Premier League appearance. Adam Armstrong comes on for Brozier. Um, but, Kevin, the James Ward-Prowse goal, what can we say about this? Because, I mean, I don't even know where to start. I don't want to whether to do it justice. I don't think I will, because that was just unbelievable. Was had no right to attempt it. It was, it was Ronaldo-esque. I know they said it on Match of the Day, but... I said it as soon as it happened because he struck across the ball. He normally curls it over the wall, doesn't he? But this, he just whack. Yeah, I, 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 I the way it was, the, the way he connected with it, I thought that he was gonna, you know, just um, drop it. Um, he wasn't trying to score directly. He was just gonna drop the ball for someone to to try and um, head or control and and uh, get a shot off that way. I mean, there's no way from that distance. Is it 34 yards? 35 yards, yeah, I've got. Mm. Fucking hell, I mean, that's... That's impressive, isn't it? Checking in his golfing practice, he gets on the driving range and just tries, you know, <laughs> <laughs> in the pool that far. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm lost to words. Yeah, but, I mean, what I will say, right, you, you're going to look at this game when the season's over or even in a few weeks' time, and you're probably going to be one to forget because I want to forget about the result, not so much the performance, but the, the result... Um, and if I do end up forgetting this game, then I will never, ever forget that goal because that's given us something. That's given us a special moment because we're always going to look back at that. Now. Remember the time when Browsey scored that bouter against against Wolves? That moment, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, we're going to remember. And that's, what, 12 free kicks now. He's, a, he's in second place and only Beckham uh, has more and that's 18. So he's still got a ways to go. But Well, and uh, Ronaldo's still about, isn't he? <laughs> Ronaldo is still about, yeah. You keep forgetting about that, but but yeah, Kevin, I liked it because we went two one, and it, you know the game was was it looked like it was going to be going for a two 0 at that point, but they kept fighting. They got the goal, could have had the equaliser. Perro smashed the woodwork like you mentioned, and it, it mm-hmm. just wasn't to be. Was a, um, a dramatic ending as well because Traore almost scored, and then he did score, and, and that was his first of the season. It's, typical really I guess but I like the fact that we, we, we I mean we did play well and you know we had lots of fight and Ralph was insistent that the better team didn't win um, we didn't have the luck when Wolves did they got the penalty our penalty was waved off without even checking you know he did have a point there 
Uh, but looking at the stats in this one, too, it suggests that we did play well because we had, what, 57% possession, 13 shots versus their nine, uh, 10 shots on target versus their five, 10 corners to their two. On the whole, Mush, I think we played well. We just didn't have enough to take it. Yeah, I think the the result is the, the most disappointing thing about this because uh, we've gone away 3-1 losers and... Um, yeah, that kind of gives the impression that they were three times as good as we were, which is nowhere near it. I'd say that there wasn't much in it. Um, I think Wolves were the better team on the day because uh, defensively they're much more disciplined. Um, you wouldn't see them conceding a goal like that Connor Cody goal. Um, the decisions did go their way. Yes, that, that penalty decision was on a knife edge and I think the referees made the wrong decision he should have stuck with his initial decision um if we'd lost 2-1 i think you know that would have been a respectable result but yeah like we've got all of the our solid goal guilt edge chances um sadisu header and perot hitting the woodwork the the difference really was that their goalkeeper had another fantastic performance mm-hmm. yeah well I, I i asked this question to you then kevin off the back of your comments would you accept losing 2-1 and then sitting back and just taking it up the ass? Or would you accept, <laughs> or would you accept, you know, we lost 3-1, but we were still pushing for it to try and get that equaliser? Which would you rather? Uh, <laughs> taking it up the ass, really. Uh, well, I think, you know, I, I would have been, I wouldn't have felt so aggrieved if we'd come away and having lost 2-1 rather than 3-1. That, Adama Traore goal really was um, salt in the wound because the, it's an, again Ward Prowse has inspired the team with the moment of absolute magic that I mean we didn't really feel that we were going to get back into the match until that happened and you're thinking five minutes ago plus at the time you know all that all it takes is an equaliser and we can come away with something here and um, yeah. We almost did it, and yeah, we came close. Yeah, close but no cigar. Um, and as I mentioned, we always seem to give Wolves this these positives. And the first Jimenez goal in seven, the first penalty of the year, the first Connor Cody home, uh, home goal, uh, only their fourth win at home. And, and if you rewind back to the game at St Mary's, we handed Jimenez his first goal since coming back from the injury. Um, 22 games about a goal for Traore. Just the, the charity continues with Wolves, doesn't it? Well, and um, is that the first time that they've seen three goals at one year? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, as well, yeah. And it's also the first time they've done the double on us since 1971-72. So there you go. The gifts keep coming. It's it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, man of the match, Kevin, you can go first this time. Um, perhaps again. We were pretty much dead and buried until that happened. Then it was just just absolute magic. Um, yeah, just even just for that, I don't need another excuse. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I can't I can't argue, mate. James Ward Prowse for me too, because I, I but not just because of the goal. This is all round play, and you know he does seem to be back to his best, especially after the Brentford game. And I think when we when he plays well, we play well, and it's um we we did play well, we did play well, which is unfortunate. But yeah, um James Ward Prowse gets it again for me, so. Yeah, so he gets the goal of the month, player of the month, and man of the match is twice in, from both of us in the week. So a clean sweep for James Ward-Prowse. Took us down to 12th now, Kevin. Uh, 
five wins, nine draws and seven losses now, um, with Brentford now breathing down our neck again. I don't think they will be for long because they've got a really tough run in now. They do, which, which mind you, we haven't got it easy now, have we? Well, I mean, look, OK, let's let's look at, look, I just noticed this for after the Brentford match. Their next match is against uh, Liverpool away, United at home, uh, Wolves at home, Everton away, Man City away. Well, Everton's not going to be uh, difficult, is it? Well, I mean, yeah, they did lose to Norwich, didn't they? But, uh, so, so did we. <laughs> but so did we, yeah. <laughs> but then again, Kevin, our... our, our um. Uh, our fixtures, upcoming fixtures, aren't looking too good, are they? Let, let's face it. Man City, Spurs, Man United. You got yeah, Newcastle you know. in there somewhere. You know the Newcastle game is going to be thrown in off the back of an uh, another important one, so not no turnaround time. So it's 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 tight. True. But I mean, I want to be looking up instead of looking down. We don't want to worry about things like that. We've had one loss. We've been playing well. So let let's concentrate on 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 the positives, yeah. Let let's let's do that. And speaking of speaking speaking of positives, we've got Man City next week. Um, and to help us chat through that, we have Tim. So shall we get to Tim? Yes, please. I can't wait. This is Klaus Lundekvam, and you are listening to In That Number. And we'd like to welcome in Tim or T Bizzle, uh, Tim. How are you? Fresh off of your uh, your Wolves podcast. Absolutely. Uh, I got to thank the guys from a whole lot of Wolves for taking me in. And uh, I'm sure they're enjoying and relishing the 3-1 victory today. Especially yeah. the fellow who predicted the 3-1 win. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. crazy. But yeah, uh, Tim, thoughts on the results this week? Uh, well, Brentford was fantastic. Best game we looked at all season long. Brentford did look like a team that came up from the championship last year and played a aggressive high line, and we took it. We took it to them, and we, I didn't think we looked as good all season as we did that game, and enjoyed it. <clears throat> now, Wolves three one loss, unfortunately, but third game in eight days. Team that sits back with a super stout defense. It uh, wasn't looking pretty, and uh, the, it didn't it didn't surprise me in any way, shape, or form. But I was hoping for something different, for them to be even more lackluster. Uh, we pushed he- heavy at the end. James Wood Prowse is the greatest free kick taker free kick taker in the world right now. Uh, at least with the right foot, you can argue Messi's better with the left um, it, it, for left handed for left handed kicks. Beyond that, um, let's move on. Uh, Manchester City next week. Mm. Looking at the table, right? Mm. <clears throat> Not cheating, but you can look at the Premier League table, right? So how many games have we played? 21. 21. How many teams are there in the league? 20. So we, that means that we've played three teams twice, right? Yeah. Which, which teams are they? West Ham. Wolves. So I couldn't for the fucking life of me remember which teams we've played twice. I was thinking we're playing Wolves again, so we must have played you know, two other teams. Well. <laughs> Okay, uh, right. Uh, as you said, Tim, Man City next week. Uh, just one game. Uh, big one. Big one it is. Uh, Man City at home, though. Saturday, the 22nd of January, 5.30 kickoff, and that is live on Sky Sports. The champions, and, and likely champions again. Of course, they beat Chelsea yesterday with a brilliant goal from Kevin De Bruyne. Okay, so 11 points up, and I, I just don't know how we're supposed to navigate our way through this one. Having said that, we, you know, we managed to frustrate them at the Etihad back in September. And 
that was a nil-nil draw. That was more than satisfactory, wasn't it? And that's no mean feat. It's stopping the champions from scoring in their own back garden. That's um, that that's impressive. And bearing in mind they you know they they put in seven goals against Leeds and they put in six against Leicester as well. So to do that, is there any chance we can do that again at home? Uh, there's a chance for just about everything, but what's what's the likelihood of it? No. <laughs> uh, God damn it, well, Tim. Well, you know, we we beat Liverpool 1-0 at home last year. We've had some good uh gr- we've had some good play against some top teams like uh, Manchester City. We've had we've had draws with Chelsea in the past recently and we've I guess West Ham being in the top 4 now, we've gotten four points off of them this season. So, oh, and and then the, the Spurs tie as well when we were down 10 for 60 minutes. Mm. Overall, like we can do it. Uh, we can play against any of the top teams, and it's to our benefit, at least in the four-two-two-two, as to teams that pressed high, we can then get behind them and frustrate them in that way. But we can also fail and fail miserably too, as we've uh, as we've seen before. So, is there a chance? Yes. Is what's the likelihood of it? Uh, we'll get spanked, but who knows? Uh, I'm just hoping that Manchester City is going to realize that uh, they're just going to want to rotate their lineup because Pep's really heavy into his rotation. He's actually – he's he's the, he's the manager that subs the least in the Premier League. That's, uh, I thought that's, that was Ralph. Uh, no. That is, uh, that he, he, rota- he rotates his squad, his starters, a whole lot more. But he subs the least out of, out of all the managers. So to me, that's something that I'm hoping he'll end up looking at our game and wanting to rotate again pretty heavily. Uh, get players that we might be able to expose, uh, like Zinchenko or maybe Fernandinho can have an off game. Uh, or, you know, some of the other others, maybe Nathan Ake, where you've got your higher level players like uh, Ruben Diaz or maybe even uh, Sid Cancelo, which is unlikely, or Kyle Walker, who can make a gaffe uh, like he did and should have been off last game, which he wasn't in that 0-0 draw. So uh, right now, they're running away with the Premier League. They are 11 uh, points ahead. Liverpool do have a game in hand, but that means if they scored, you know, if they got three, they'd be eight points ahead uh, of them. They're on an eight-game winning streak in all competitions, 13-game winning streak in the Premier League. So they did lose in early December against RB Leipzig with a silly red card by Kyle Walker, of all people. (laughs) And... Yeah, so it's going back to when they had a red card for America Laporte against Crystal Palace in November. It was was the last time that they lost. Pep seems to have like one resilient player who's coming up and stepping while they have are high, super high level. They're stepping well above and meaning that being the mainstay and one of the first people on the team sheet that he's going to have. Last year was Gundogan, who had a series of goals that was just absolutely ridiculous there in the mid, mid part of the season. This year, it's Bernardo Silva. Uh, with all the talk of him being in looking for, uh, looking for a transfer, uh, he's come up and stepped up and done absolutely fantastic. And then also... Joao Cancelo and Rodri have really taken home and 
been players who have really been a mainstay for the team. Uh, De Bruyne has been injured this, for the majority of the season, has been on and off. And then Grealish is really, while signing for a hundred million pounds, is really, I'd say, a squad player and makes a huge, makes a lot of runs and does a lot of great things. Uh, he hasn't separated himself from the team, but fit in fairly well with the the style and setup that Pep is looking for. It just seems amazing to say that you know a hundred million pound player is is just kind of like a bench player. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It costs, yeah. you know, more than our entire football club. Yeah. Jaden Sancho, same deal. Yeah. Yeah. So I went back and watched the uh, the highlights of the of the City Southampton game in the Empty Had Stadium. I don't know if you guys caught that last uh, <laughs> last weekend. That was that was funny uh, when the when the announcer actually said Empty Had. Okay. Oh, the... <laughs> yeah. It was it. great. <laughs> so he Walker should have been sent off. I disagree. He wrapped around him and uh, that was, that was terrible. And so they were pretty lackluster in a couple uh, when it, uh, on both sides, but ultimately they held strong and that zero zero draw was uh, receptive of what the game should have been. So they play right now without a traditional nine. Uh, they don't really have that. Like I said, that out and out forward they're looking. That's why they're completely linked to Kane in the off season and, you know, they're going to be linked to Erling Haaland this coming offseason as well. So without that traditional nine, they rotate between Sterling, Foden, and even Bruno Silver, Silva, KDB, uh, Gabriel Jesus, sometimes they even play Gundogan. It's really hard to predict their lineup. Uh, you really can't tell. There's only I've got four people that you're going to really lock on the team sheet right now, and that's Ederson, Cancelo, Silva, and Rodri. And then uh, Mares is out with AFCON for Algeria. But beyond that, you can slot in, like I said, you're going to choose Laporte over Ake. You're going to have um, John Stones in there. You're going to have Ruben Diaz in there. Um, you know, you, you want to put Cancelo at left back and then put Walker at right back or Cancelo at right back and put Zinchenko at left back. Fernandinho, KDB, who's going to rotate? And it's a crapshoot. And I can't tell you who who's going to start, but uh, I will think that our lineup, though, against them is going to be somewhat similar to what we've had. This three, five, two, the three, three, one, three. I, I, I still keep getting tripped up by that formation. You called it out as a four, four, two with three center backs uh, and in kind of letting Perot go forward. Uh, I think we're going to actually keep the same formation this coming week, but I do think they'll take Tell out and put KWP in the right in right back or right wing back as long mm. as as long as uh, Livermento is still out, which I expect him to be as we've heard nothing new. Uh, but I think we'll just have a little bit more of a defensive uh, defensive taste to it, and we'll be sitting back a little bit more. And I've even calling it a three five one one where Redmond's even going to drop into that midfield. Uh, operate as a 10 where Brogia will be that free roaming and hopefully press and catch him on the counter uh, type of player. I don't know, Kev, uh, Kev, have you heard from Tino lately? No, I'll have to send him a text, I think. Mm, see if he's coming back. You know he's going to lie to you, though. <laughs> but, he, yeah, he said it was just, just a little just a little injury. <laughs> little fucking meniscus, tag. Jesus. Yeah, I think he had you. Machine. I think he had you. Mm. Yeah, I agree with you, Tim. I think he's going to use the three at the back again and then use the wing back. So um, I just hope that he puts Stuart Armstrong in the start uh, from the start. Um, I think, yeah, I think he'd be a great, uh, it'd be a, it'd be a great as well for him to do that. Maybe even take out Redmond and put uh, Armstrong as that. Um, that is like that, like I said, that 10, cent, cent, yeah. the, 
Yeah, the center 10 rule where you've got um, Diallo uh, and Ward-Prowse sliding behind the the right back and the left back, well, left back and right back respectively, alongside um, another holding player with with uh, Romeo. But Romeo's been bossing the last couple of games. Man, he's been has, all, yeah. all, all over the place, and I love it. And it's just, you know, it's great to see. And I'm, we have to give Ralph the respect that he used to never be this flexible. And all of a sudden he's popped in these different formations and it's worked for the last couple of games. So to me, that shows promise and foresight that he says something wasn't going wrong. Let's continue on and let's do it. And I think that he'll still stick with the same formation against City. Uh, that he's been doing before uh, because they want to have a little bit more of that defensive touch and hold back what is going to be uh, an onslaught. Mm, an onslaught. Hmm. Um, and on to the predictions then. <laughs> um, you say onslaught. I'm going to go first this week because it's, it's my turn. Um, I don't think it's going to be a, 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 a massive, massive scoreline. I can't see Saints winning. I can't see Saints scoring. But I don't see the, I don't see them conceding too many to be, you know, an embarrassment. So I'm just going to be, I guess you could say, positive and say that we're going to lose 2-0. Well, yeah. Can I just say before I give my prediction uh, that um, I would love to see uh, Armando Brozier and Shea Adams up top in the starting lineup. And that would fill me with confidence. Okay. I really like the thought of those two players I can see. Um, but yeah, we're not going to win this. And my prediction is also 2-0. Tim? 3-0 loss. Alex is going very optimistic. He's going for a 1-1 draw. Mm, okay. The wives, Kevin. Uh, Gemma is going for a 0-0. Shock. Who would have thunk it? I know. Trust me, I have asked her. Um, again, I said the same thing. I was like, come on. I told her, what the, you know, the state of play. You do realise that Man City are champions, right? You do realise that they're, you know, on this amazing run at the moment, um, and you think that Saints are going to be able to stop them. And she said yes. And then I also asked her for the score. What's the prediction for the New York Knicks against the Atlanta Hawks? And she also said nil nil. So I mean, I don't know. That's a that's, bas- that's a basketball game. That's not going to be nil right, nil. <laughs> basketball, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, she, I get she, good, she on, that. good odds on that, wouldn't you? you? Certainly would, yeah. Yeah, and well, she, I think the whole reason that she's in this uh, single-minded, just going to answer nil-nil to everything, is the the last time that she uh, didn't say nil-nil. Uh, I think that was the Man City game. It certainly it? was. <laughs> well, remember, yeah. And then she said, right, that's it. Fuck it. I'm going nil-nil all the time. It doesn't matter who they're playing. Uh, yeah, Marina um, has a little bit of variety in, in her choices, and she's going to say that we are going to lose against Manchester City 2-1. And what about uh, Mrs. Tim? 4-1. Oh, fuck. Ouch. <laughs> Tim, you're also here to give us our update on the championship draft, I believe. Do you have that with you? Absolutely. So a little bit about our championship draft. What we have here is uh, the four of us, Alex, Kev, me, and Ray, we've all picked six teams and in a draft format, uh, similar to what you would do in a fantasy football draft. Uh, in doing so, we picked six teams with their total points at the end of the season, uh, the cumulative amount of points for all six teams that we have compared against the other six teams of the other players. Whoever wins has the most points out of everyone. And quick little recap here. Kev has Barnsley, Blackpool, Bristol City, Middlesbrough, Sheffield United, and West Brom. Ray has Ray has Cardiff City, Fulham, Hull City, Peterborough United, Preston North End, and Stoke City. 
I have Coventry City, Luton Town, Millwall, QPR, Reading, and Swansea City. Alex has Birmingham City, Blackburn Rovers, Bournemouth, Der- Derby County, Huddersfield Town, and Nottingham Forest. Derby. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> right now Alex is in the lead with a significant amount of 218 points uh, with that resurgence that's coming from Blackburn right now. Huddersfield is in the playoff positionings alongside Bournemouth's domination. Darby completely being 11th on the table, except for those minus, if they weren't, didn't have minus 21 points. Uh, the only one that's really enforced is coming up really, really well after having fired Chris Hutton earlier in the season. So good. That's, that's looking good. He's got 218. I have, I am in second with 196. Right now, I'm a Coventry was, had a really good start, but is kind of tri- trickled off a little bit towards the end. I don't have any too many terrible teams, though, except for Reading. QPR has been doing uh, really well. Uh, let's see. Kev's got 193, and Ray has 186. So I'm at the so bottom. He's getting, he is. You're getting failed by Hole and Peterborough right now, Fox. although you but Fulham is the your saving grace. So between Cardiff, Peterborough, and Preston, uh, it's it's not too good. Um, oh, you know it's bad. And well, and, and whole city, and whole city too. So Stoke City and Fulham are your only two top top half of the championship t- uh, table teams that you have. This is bullshit. I want to recount. <laughs> so just to recap the scores again. So. Um, Alex, Alex no, is 218. <laughs> I have 196. Kevin has 193, and Ray has 186. It's still pretty so it's close. Very close between. Yeah, it's, very close. Uh, it's very close between the three of us, and then Alex is just uh, hammering home. He's, he's gonna he's gonna take it pretty easily. Yeah, it's about time Alex won something because he's bottom of the Discord at the moment, and he's bottom of the um the predictions between us four. So well done, Alex. Um, right, okay, that is it, Tim. But yes, um, until next week, then up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Hi, I'm Matt Letitia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, then on to extra time. We'll start with predictions, as always. Uh, the Brentford game. We all went Saints win, apart from Alex. So points to all of us, except Alex. <laughs> that left the points uh, 12 to Alex, 21 to Tim, 28 to me. And you on 37. Uh, and then the Wolves game. Uh, wow. Uh, you and Tim went for a Wolves draw, a Wolves Saints draw. <laughs> uh, Alex went for a Saints win. And I was the only one who went for a Wolves win. And I remember saying to you last week, oh, thanks for that. It's going to be a good chance to pick up some points on all of you. And yeah, I was right. Um, so that leaves the scores. Alex still on 12. Tim still on 21. I've moved on to 30, but you are still ahead on 37. Uh, why fours, Kevin? Yes. The ladies are normally slightly more optimistic uh, than us lot. And that's because they uh, don't fucking watch them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could have been a bit more optimistic because uh, only Marina and Caitlin predicted a, a Saints win against Brentford. Uh, so they scored two points each. Uh, yeah, nobody predicted a Wolves win. Um, they were all going with draws except Marina, who thought we would win. Uh, so, yeah, unlucky there. So it's barely unchanged. Uh, Marina's still top of 23 now. Um, Abby on 18, Gemma 16, and Caitlin now is level with, also with 16. 
Superb. And the Discord, we've had two rounds since then. Um, I'll just go through the league table. Then at the bottom of the league is Tony M on two, followed by Alex on two, and then Tim on two, Scott's on four, you, Kevin, are on four, Colt in third place on four, uh, Tony Adams on four, and top uh, me with six. So all very, very close uh, still as we've just got kicked off. Uh, Super six, then round 32 on Saturday was won by Freddie, uh, Laura Marat Singh and Steve Martin again. Well done, Steve Martin. Um, all on nine points there. Um, the overall lead, still Colin Carter on 274 points. Um, fantasy football, Kevin. Yes, uh, I, I was um, moving up our podcasters league. However, yeah, I seem to slip back. We're in the middle of a, a double game week. That looked really, really enticing until Leicester Burnley was called off and then the North London Derby also, which meant there was only a few teams. Uh, I went all in with a wild card and brought in a shite load of players. Yeah, I mean, until um, Liverpool started battering Brentford, my bench had scored more, more than my team. Oh, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I had uh, I put Saga and Cancelo. Uh, I got eleven. Even that one match against Chelsea. Yeah, how was your team? Uh, not very good. I mean, I did make some changes. Um, used the wild card. Um, and they are on forty-eight points at the moment. But um, so Smith Rowe. I had Smith Rowe in there. I thought I took him out, but never mind. Um, I didn't want to take Salah off. I just put him on the bench because I thought he's going to come back in, and I need the money to have him back in when he returns. Um, uh, yeah, Smith Rowe not playing yeah obviously. but you lose money in the meantime yeah i know but i just thought i don't want to I, I know what will happen i've done that before where i've taken a top player out because they've been injured and then i've bought players around them they've been doing well and i haven't had the money again to get that guy back into the team and i didn't have the heart to take out the players that were doing well so it was kind of like a catch-22 and i just wish that i kept them but Oh, wow. I say my biggest mistake is um, I, I had to choose with bringing in Fernandes or Ronaldo from United, and I went with the wrong one. He didn't even fucking play, did he? No, and Fernandes got a double, and I had him in, I believe. You did. And I didn't captain um, him. What a bastard. I captained Raul Jimenez, though, and he, and he scored. So. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm pleased for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, usual top three. Uh, St. Scores, Oliver Boast, uh, Matt Markstone, and Freddie Hunt. And uh, again, Dave Phillips, uh, Why Me, Why Not, Top of our League, 1447, Bobby Brown's Magical Saints, still in it again this season. Crying Without Innings from Chris Bonner, uh, rounds off the third. Um, yeah, Nottingham Forest, Newcastle United, and all the other banter teams are not in the top three. Good. Um, I need to stay that way. Yeah. Let, 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 let's keep it that way. Kevin, do you have a Russian phrase for me this week? I do have a Russian phrase for you this week. Oh, and you're prepared, I see. In the loosest sense of the word. Yeah, it's, uh, so this week's Russian phrase is Doma i Gostyach. Ooh, what's that? Yeah, that's difficult. Doma i Gostyach. Oh, that's really the Tyach. Yeah, Gostyach. Gostyach. Yeah, that's nice. No. Doma i Gostyach. Yeah, I'm right. I feel like I need to spit after saying that. <laughs> uh, what does it mean, Kevin? It means home and away. Oh, we've had home already, yeah. I Doma, didn't we? Home alone. So here we've got uh, Doma i uh, at, at home and in guests. 
Perfect. Yes. Uh, and a reminder, if you appreciate what we do uh, and you feel like you'd like to buy us a pint, then please head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Um, and also thank you very much to the person that donated to us last week. Um, really, really nice of you. Um, I have sent you an email back uh, thanking you personally. Um, yes, so, yeah. Thank you. Tally yeah, that was a, a really, uh, really nice gift for us. And yeah, we really, really appreciate that. Um, next week, then, Kevin, we have to talk about the, the loss to Man City um, and we'll probably be preparing for that rescheduled Newcastle game, I imagine. Um, or failing that is going to be the commentary game in the, the fuck up. Um, so, yes, until next week, Kevin, um, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up oh, Southampton. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.